like we should pop a window open for today's coffee talk because it is toasty in here. I just made nice coffee. There is still snow on the ground, however, I can hear the birds outside. So I'm gonna pop open the window because it's really hot in my house. And if you end up hearing some birds chirping in the background, call it natural ambiance, early spring ambiance. Okay, but the part that you can't hear is all the snow melting outside, which I am very much on board for. Hello, hello, and cheers, everybody. Welcome back to another coffee talk. I just made myself a caramel iced coffee in my Pisces mugs. We are officially in Pisces season. Shout out to all the other fellow Pisces. Happy birthday, it's your season treat yourself. So today's conversation is a fun one. It is set to go live on my birthday, February 28th. However, obviously you might be listening to this much after that. And that's totally fine because today's conversation is one that all of us end up crossing the barrier of at one point or another, should we be blessed with the gift of time? And that is turning 30. I am entering a whole new decade and I figured what better way, what better conversation to host on my birthday than talking about not only the excitement and also some of the like nerves and worries about moving into a whole new decade and you know aging especially as a woman in today's world but more importantly and I think the, the focus that I'm really trying to keep my attention on is everything that I've learned from in my 20s. Every mistake I made, every memory I had, every experience that I went through, all of the ups, all of the downs and all of the wisdom and lessons that I'm walking away from my 20s with and walking into my 30s with. This episode is brought to you by Trumetta. It's a premium supplement company based out of California that strives to make self-care easy. One of their great products is mushroom coffee. It's a must-have for your morning routine. You'll feel an uptake in your productivity every time you drink it. And Trumetta offers their best deal to date to all Coffee Talk listeners. You will get a free electric mixer and 40% off the coffee plus free shipping in the U.S. if you go right now to trumeta.com slash coffee. Go to trumeta.com slash coffee to fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. As I sit down and really think about who I was 10 years ago, it's crazy because she's a part of me. She's like an inner, have you ever seen those Russian dolls where there's like a little one and then there's one on top of that and there's one on top of that and like they all open up towards each other. I just did a terrible job at explaining that. But I mean, I know that that 20 year old version of me is still inside of me somewhere underneath all of the layers of experience. And I claim her, I claim her in a way that I probably wouldn't have in the middle of my 20s. Uh, I claim her in so many ways. I feel for her. I am grateful to her. And every year that's passed since then is also like a layer under my skin, you know? Yet at the same time, I don't want to be dramatic and be like, I'm an entirely different person. But I do feel I have grown, obviously. Everybody does, but especially in a length of 10 years. But I'm gonna try not to get super corny and mushy in today's chat, but I do, I do feel very far from who I was when I was 20 in the best way. Yeah, let's unpack that. <laughs> Let me know first and foremost, how old are you? And not that it matters because I'm not asking your soul age. I'm only merely asking your earth age, which doesn't always match our soul age. I don't even know what I would comfortably say my soul age is, but it's definitely old. I know it's a cliche to say you're an old soul, 
and a lot of people like to claim that. Uh, I am people. I am. I like to claim that. I definitely feel like an old soul. I've always felt like an old soul. But my Earth age is officially 30. And each year that I get older, I will say that I feel more and more comfortable in who I am. I feel like I bloom a little bit further every single year and I shed away a lot more self-consciousness. I shed away a lot more shame. I shed away a lot more just, you know, worry and fret and just, I don't know. You'll, you'll probably understand what I'm saying because odds are you feel similarly. I would hope so. I hope that's all how we all age because that's the grace of aging. There is a lot of fear mongering out there that, you know, tell us, especially women, but tell everyone that we're supposed to like grasp onto our youth with white knuckles and hold on to every piece of it and never let any sign of our aging show. And I really want to fight against that, even though there are parts of me that are deeply embedded from the society and culture that I've been raised in where I'll catch myself doing that. But I really do want to not only allow myself to grace, grace agefully, age gracefully for my own sake of like, you know, enjoying the one life I've been given, enjoying the gift of time and of age that some will never get to. And also on top of that, given that I host a platform and that I could have any kind of ripple effect to anybody I interact with, both digitally and physically, then I also want to be on the side or on the team or on the in the energy field of people that allow others to age gracefully too by not hiding their own age, by not shaming their own age or running from their own age or running away from aging. Your 20s in particular are a time of inevitable change. I mean, every single decade is, it goes through vast amounts of changes, like zero to 10, hello. I'm watching a little being right now go from just zero to one was a crazy amount of change. Even zero to 10 months was a crazy amount of change. But to think of zero to 10, to think of my son being 10 years old, I can't even grasp that level of change, especially the idea that the first seven years of our life, at least in my belief. The first seven years of our life create a lot of the bedrock of the things that we revert back to or connect back to in our inner states of being, in our deep subconscious. So the second 10 years are wild because that's where you go through puberty. That's where you go from being a child to a young adult. That's when your body changes, when your hormones change, when so much changes. And it's a time of really feeling lost, but in the best of ways, it's a time of really establishing, you know, who you are, but through so many trial and error and so many mistakes. And then you kind of just like stumble into your twenties and you're called an adult. You're able to do a lot of the things that adults can do, like vote and drink. And depending on where you live, like in the country I live, you can smoke weed, you can smoke some grass, you can drive, you can gamble. But in a lot of ways, when I think back to being 20, I was still a kid. I thought I was a lot older than I was. I felt a lot older than I was. Holy moly, I was still a kid. I don't remember the exact age that they say that your brain doesn't stop developing until. And honestly, I don't even know if I believe it. I'm sure there's been studies that have been done to prove that point. So I'm not going to go against science or anything. But I, I, even from watching my own dog, who, by the way, is also 10 and is going to be 11 this year, I don't believe that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I firmly believe that the brain is constantly expanding, especially if you, if you intentionally do so. Like if you intend on continuing to challenge yourself, to expand your consciousness, to expand your intelligence uh, and to fight against the parts of our brains that, 
you know, revert back to easy comforts or fast dopamine hits or fast gratification, but maybe in a very physical sense, the brain stops developing. I want to say I'm not going to get the age right. I do know it's in your 20s. And so those first few years of being 20 really are like playing adult. It's like putting on a on a role or putting on a costume as an adult, being able to walk into the world and pretend you're an adult, but still make a lot of mistakes. And I wish I could go back to my earlier 20s and give myself the grace that I'm giving myself now in my early 20s, where it's like, it feels like every mistake is so make or break and it feels like you have to get everything right, right off the bat and you don't. And on top of that, there's not a lot of people telling you that you don't. I mean, think even back to finishing high school, like there's so much pressure to know who you're going to be, know what you want to do, go into the right field, spend all this money on school and make sure that you're setting up the right trajectory for your life when you don't even know who you are yet. I definitely stumbled into my 20s. I did that. I felt those pressures and decided to go to school on a whim and put a lot of money down into school that I didn't need to because I ended up leaving after the first semester because I knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't for me. And by the grace of God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, I stumbled into YouTube and I stumbled into YouTube by doing what I loved. But I honestly was afraid every single step of the way. And I just wish if I could go back in time, not that I would change anything, but just that I would give myself that grace to it's not that I would take my fear away because I think that that is part of the recipe of being in your early 20s is that you're supposed to feel a bit afraid because if you aren't afraid, then you're playing it safe. So I wouldn't necessarily take my fear away, but I would give myself more confidence to face that fear. Do the things that are calling to me without giving a rat's butt about what anyone's going to say about it and to fully embrace even the cringe, because I was a very, I, there, I did a lot of cringy things, but those cringy things gave me the career that I have today. Um, I followed a lot of the trends. I did a lot of the, you know, putting on a mask and trying to be this bubbly, poppy, upbeat person. At the time it was Tumblr-y, but it, nowadays it would be called like Pinterest-y. And in a way, I still feel like I am that girl. I think that the difference between 20 and 30 is that at 20, you're doing all of these things for a sense of approval. And I feel like by 30 now, it's more so about just being yourself. And instead of trying things on to see if it's who you are, it's more so if you're going to try something new on, you're trying it on for fun. Like there's not all of this seriousness to it and this pressure, this like intensity to it that it has to define who you are that you know who you are so you're allowed to dabble out and try new things without it needing to define you now i will say that failure is an inevitable part of going through your 20s as well and I, if i think back on all of the things that i would have considered to be failures at the time it's again only with the grace of time and wisdom that I can look back now and see, see that they really were just redirects, things that I attempted or that I went for or that I was holding on to or that I was upset by because it didn't go the way that I had planned, really were the most necessary redirects to get me to where I really needed to be. So whether it was a heartbreak that pushed me to deal with deeper wounds and deeper pains that actually allowed me to heal things that went way far past any kind of like romantic connection that goes all of the way down into the roots of who I am and my attachment style from when I was a child. All of the way to failures at work that showed me 
all of the room for improvement and a lot of habits that came out of either being terribly afraid to really to really assert myself and to really to care to really give something my all so i would do things and then pretend like they were no big deal and that was like a protection mechanism around myself because if i didn't care and if i acted like it wasn't a big deal then if i didn't do it perfectly or if i made a mistake or if i failed then i didn't really care there were no stakes in the game it's an openness it's a vulnerability to admit that you love something that you're passionate about something and that you care to do something and when you actually like when you say yes you have to then follow through and so when i acted like i didn't care about things i could say yes and not follow through and it didn't feel like i was you know failing in any sense of the word even though it technically was so i would just brush those failures and those mistakes off to the side because i'd be like meh i didn't really care anyway even though i really did care i just wasn't letting myself feel it i wasn't letting myself have that which leads me even further to a lot of the the lessons that I learned in my mental health. When I was 24, I started doing therapy. For anybody that's never done therapy before, and I'm so glad that it's so much more common now, most people have. But if you've never done therapy before, I would say the first five sessions, I was like, this feels pointless. And then after those first five sessions, probably the first five months, I was like, oh, I'm healed. No, I didn't really get to the part of healing probably until I would say 2022. I remember there were a couple sessions that I did with my therapist when I was pregnant with my son, I started answering my own my own challenges and my own tribulations. And my therapist would just kind of sit there and smile at me and she'd be like, like, do you do you understand the work you've done? Like, do you feel that? Like, do you can you make some space for the growth that you're exhibiting right now? And the reason why I held on to her was for other reasons, because I could see things in the forecast that I knew were going to be very challenging that would be new to me things like grief so I was like you know what I feel like I've done a lot of work but please don't leave me yet because the forecast is showing some doom and some gloom but it's insane to think about what I went to therapy for at 24 and what I walked away understanding at 28 29 it's still hard for me to really comprehend how much work was done in those years because it doesn't feel like it as you're doing it it feels so slow it feels so minute each month each meeting each year even but then all of a sudden you look back and things that used to completely choke you out just knock you down flat on your ass are things that are just little hiccups now. You know, they come and then you know what to do. Your toolkit is full because you've equipped yourself with all of these tools that you've learned over those years. So therapy was probably one of the best things that I ever did for myself in my 20s. This episode is brought to you by Trumeta. It's a premium supplement company based out of California that strives to make self-care easy. One of their great products is mushroom coffee. It's a must-have for your morning routine. It tastes delicious, it has no mushroom aftertaste, only the benefits that the mushrooms bring. This organic premium coffee blend has lion's mane mushroom for productivity, reishi mushroom for immune support, cordyceps to boost your energy, and of course, caffeine to give you that kick you need every single day. Start your day healthier with True Meta Mushroom Coffee and see for yourself how it helps you focus and get stuff done. You'll feel an uptake in your productivity every time you drink it, and True Meta offers their best deal to date to all Coffee Talk listeners. You will get a free electric mixer and 40% off the coffee plus free shipping in the U.S. if you go right now to trumeta.com slash coffee. Go to trumeta.com slash coffee to fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. That's T-R-U-M-E-T-A dot com slash C-O-F-F-E-E.
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. One of the other huge, I, I don't want to call it a failure, but I'm going to call it a lesson learned uh, from my 20s, is just how ill-equipped I felt to deal with adulthood. And I think that this is something that is not always commonly talked about, but it is something that I've experienced. So I'm going to talk about it in case anybody out there might relate, where, you know, I think my parents did the best that they could to teach me as much as they could for as as far as they knew. I'm not going to say that the school systems did as best as they could because I think that we could restructure education in a way that does allow teenagers to walk into those 20s to that whole new decade and understand life in the real world a little bit better. But I definitely had to learn through trial and error how to actually make smart and mature decisions as an adult, not just for these years of my life, but for the later years of my life and finding that balance between enjoying the moment and treating yourself and celebrating your hard work and making memories and living for the experience because we never know what's going to happen and also preparing for the future. If it wasn't for these last few years of my life, I think if I had tried to continue to live the lifestyle that I was living, I would be in a really bad place right now because not only has the economy changed and not only has the digital era changed, but also, I mean, it it took me a really long time to understand and I'm still unraveling the ways that consumerism, not only that I've fed into it, but that it is a part of me, that it is something that still can control me from time to time if I don't, if I'm not you know, intentional, if I don't catch myself, our generation, for anyone that's listening, that's like a millennial Gen Z, how much our generation has been hooked into in order to keep us constant consumers, in order to basically keep us in the middle to lower classes. I don't mean to walk down these wormholes, but basically what I'm getting at is that my parents did not teach me any kind of financial literacy. They did not teach me any kind of like, you know, how to file paperwork, how to do my own taxes. Uh, how to, you know, sign up for banking. Like there's so much I had to learn myself when I 
bought my first house, which I was so lucky when I did, by the way, just like with YouTube, where I feel like I got my foot in the door at the weird end of a wave. I feel like I did the exact same thing with purchasing a home because I can tell you that if I tried to purchase the home that I did a year or two after I had purchased it, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. And I just got my foot in the door. And even that was one of the most stressful things that I had ever done because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I had to learn as I was going. I probably annoyed the shit out of my real estate agent and my mortgage broker because they would ask for things and I'd be like, holy shit, what's that? And I'd have to go figure it out. And there was so much I didn't know. I will say walking into motherhood was a bit different because on some deep intuitive level, there is there are some parts of motherhood that have come very naturally to me. So I thank the heavens for that. And I also am very thankful that I had Ryan's mom when I did because she was here for my transition into motherhood, which is... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Woo! Um, it's literally like one of, the, it's the most monumental transition I have ever gone through. Like, obviously there's the transition from, you know, girl to woman. And that's an important one too, but I didn't have anyone with me for that one. So to have someone with me going from maiden to mother was really, really important. And I'm so glad I had her. But I, again, like there is still so much that I've had to learn for myself. And so much of my twenties was really learning the hard way. So many adult lessons. Uh, and I, it is frustrating because I wish, I do wish that I had been better equipped and better prepared. I do plan on making sure my own children are better equipped and better prepared to understand, but you can only do that for the things that you understand yourself. That even goes as far as like emotional intelligence. That goes as far as fighting your own bad habits, fighting your own addictions. God, like literally all of my twenties up until I got pregnant, I was highly, what's the right word? I, you could use addicted. I would probably say reliant on marijuana. Like I smoked so much weed in my twenties. It is crazy. And, and it's, it's concerning in the hindsight point of view that I was able to downplay it so much. And I was able to act like it wasn't that big of a deal. And I knew it was an issue. If it wasn't an issue, I would have been able to just be like, Hey, I like to smoke weed. And I did say that here and there, there are other perspectives that fed into that too, which is like, it, there is a stigma. There's a lot of judgment that comes still around things like marijuana. I've never been a big drinker. I'm more of a marijuana smoker, or at least I was, except the difference is that regardless of whether I feel like, you know, for me anyways, that I, my, my body chemistry reacted better with something like a plant than a poison, but I felt better when I would have a joint at a party than have a drink at a party uh, or get drunk at a party. I would just, I just don't like being drunk. I don't mind having a drink. The problem wasn't the substance. The problem was what I was using it for or using it to, you know, combat or get away from, which again, took a lot of years of therapy to really figure out, especially with a family history of addiction. It took a long time to really look myself in the mirror and be honest about a lot of the habits that I had that weren't actually habits. They were band-aids and that were things that I did to try and take the sting of life out just a little bit or try to tap into, you know, the spiritual part of myself and like, you know, bypass the hard work that it actually takes to do, to, to connect to that side of myself. Thank God, I will thank my children every single day. I mean, specifically my first, 
because when he stumbled into my life, that was the that was the first time that I actually had a reason that was outside of myself, which for someone with low self-esteem, I struggled to do anything that would have been good for myself because I thought, you know, on a deep again subconscious level that I wasn't worth doing good things for. I wasn't worth being healthier for in a lot of ways, at least not unless it directly had a positive impact on my life. For me to have stopped smoking weed for no reason other than to take better care of myself, it, it was like, that. that's gonna make me go through discomfort. So why would I do that, you know? Like, I wasn't worth the, the hard work and the discomfort. It wasn't until I got pregnant that I stopped cold turkey. I mean, I went through phases of slowing down, but that was the first time I really stopped. I was like, done. And especially with like the daily habit use and that, honestly changed my life for the better. The mental fog it came out of, the weird anxieties that I used to have where I would be like, it, again, it took the mental clarity and the time that passed without smoking weed for me to realize like, holy smokes, that was definitely a symptom of the weed, not a symptom of my brain. And again, I'm not trying to villainize weed by any means. It's, I'm more so trying to villainize or just call out, call myself out for the like substance I keep on wanting to use words like addiction and substance abuse, which honestly, again, could be very fitting here, but I would say that it was more so reliance. It was like, there's better words here and, and forgive me because I'm dealing with pregnancy brain now. So my brain has holes in it. At least it feels like my brain is like Swiss cheese. I definitely relied on it too much to get by and to function. And finally having someone to do it for, someone who was living inside of my body, that's the first time it ever became important. Honestly, pregnancy, in my 20s, which I was 28 when I was pregnant, 27 and going into 28, uh, when I went through my first pregnancy, that taught me how to truly take care of myself. And at first I was doing it for my baby, I was doing it for my pregnancy, but through that I really did learn a new level of love for myself and appreciation for my body, which I know not everybody wants to walk the path of motherhood and I fully, fully respect that. But for me, it was the journey that led me to truly understanding how worthy my body is, how hard my body works, how, I mean, amazing my body is, like the things that it can do. And that was the first time I really started to appreciate my body for what it is and not just look at it as an object and look at it for whether it fits the certain standards of society and whether I felt like it was good enough. It was like so, it became such an intrinsic thing of holy shit, look what my body just did for me. Look at the gift my body just gave me. And so even after pregnancy, and again, breastfeeding was part of that journey for me too, because I continued to be the source of life for my, my baby. It became very paramount to take care of myself. And again, I don't think I would have, I don't think I ever would have taken that seriously for myself had I not felt the love of a mother, you know, for my child. Then I started to mother myself and Again, I'm not going in chronological order at all. I'm totally speaking off the cuff of my brain. So forgive me because I'm talking now into my later 20s, but that was one of the probably most profound lessons I've learned because I grew up feeling very, very low value, uh, feeling very ashamed of myself, of my body, fighting for approval, fighting for any kind of love or any kind of attention that I could get that would make me feel a short-lived dose of I'm okay. I'm, a, I'm allowed to be here. I'm allowed to take up space. Uh, I'm, I'm worthy of this body. I'm worthy of this breath. I'm worthy of this time. Pregnancy and motherhood 
gave me that in a more intrinsic way where I stopped needing to gain that approval from the outside and also helped me understand a lot of my own childhood wounds because I was able to learn how to mother myself through mothering my own children. One of the other really cool things about going through your 20s is it's the first time you're ever really able to take some of your passions seriously. Not that you can't when you're younger. I mean, there's definitely some some people that stand out that really, really go for things when they're teenagers or even kids. But I feel like when you're in your 20s, that's the first time you can take the passions that you have and really run with them. And it was the first time, at least for me, that I was able to finally establish who I was outside of who I was told I was growing up. So I left my hometown and I moved to a big city and I, I was terrified. I was, I had the most high functioning anxiety and depression. I had so much shit that I had just suppressed when I left my hometown and just tried to run away from. And I have zero regrets that I did that by the way, because that time of my life was very, very crucial for me learning just as, just what I was capable of. Uh, I very much had the attitude of like, yeah, you don't think I can? Well, watch me do it. However, I mean, I was doing it very terrified, very sad, a lot of the times very, very lonely and still struggling, but nothing was going to stop me from doing it. If I said I was going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that was cool. Like whether it was traveling by myself, whether it was writing a book, uh, whether it was, you know, going out on a, on a whim and just doing something crazy for the sake of doing it. Like I think back now and I'm like, I am so lucky that I did not get myself into bad situations for how much that I just went with, went with it, just trusted things. Like I literally would go on trips or I had a, I met some, I met someone at Coachella, great guy, great guy, great friend, super chill. And I just remember him being like, I want to come to Toronto and go to a Drake concert. I was like, come come to Toronto, come stay in my apartment. We'll go see Drake. And it was a dope time, but that could have gone so badly. Uh, I also, I'm one of my ex-boyfriends met him on a whim because of a friend through a mutual friend was traveling by myself, met him on a whim, seemed like a pretty chill guy. And then was like, Hey, you want to go to, you want to go to the beach? You want to go on a tropical vacation? Sure. Why not? Again, like just so much trust probably should have been a, a little bit more. I don't know. Nothing ever happened. Thank God. Great. All my experience were with great people. So I'm very, very lucky. But again, in hindsight, when I, now I'm like, holy crap, I could have put myself in very bad situations. And I'm very lucky that in my belief, I've got someone looking out for me, probably my papa, who never let me get into bad situations with bad people because I was very naive and trusting, very, very trusting. And I, I don't want to be someone that walks through the world feeling untrusting of people. It's more so just like I was I was just I could be a little reckless and I'm glad I was a little reckless and I'm glad that I made it out OK. However, during those reckless years and those try and stop me years, I really did learn what I was capable of. I really did get to try on a lot of things and learn what was what was for me and what wasn't. And whether it was through my relationships or whether it was through the projects that I took on or through the passions that I really sought out or through the experiences that I felt like I never had when I was younger. So I just, I just gave them to myself. Like I was like, screw it. I'm going to go. I really wanted to pet an elephant. I, I love elephants. They're my favorite animal. I went to Thailand by myself and pet a freaking elephant by myself. I remember getting into the car, being so sleep deprived because I can't sleep on planes and being so anxious, like riddled with anxiety because I was in a foreign country in a totally different time zone, getting into a stranger's car to drive me to my, like the place that I was staying in Thailand by myself. Definitely 
thank thank you papa i know you were protecting me on some level because there's so many things that could have gone wrong and i'm so glad that they didn't uh, and through those years i'm very very glad i did those things especially now as a mom and now again not having the wherewithal to understand that when you enter into different life chapters because i've always wanted to be a mom i never would have realized i never could have comprehended how much dedication and responsibility it really does come with and so I'm really glad that I lived out those years and did all of those things and, and was a little bit reckless and was a little bit YOLO, if you will, because now I don't feel like there's anything I'll have to ever wonder about because I did it. I went for it. And even if I, I never live like that again, which I highly doubt, I'm sure I'm going to go through another reckless YOLO phase, at least when I'm like probably 60. But I'm really glad that I had that chapter of self-discovery and had that chapter of really pursuing my passions. Because again, now I really understand what what's worth lighting myself on fire for and feeling that kind of alive for. Now, obviously, also through your 20s, relationships change. I am very, very grateful that I still have some friends in my life that I've had, you know, since before my 20s, since my teen years. I even have a friend, one of my best friends, Christine. We've literally known each other since junior kindergarten. But I will say that through through the years of 20s, especially when you're no longer in school and when you and all your friends start pursuing your dreams and careers, relationships and passions and goals, like it does lead you down different paths in life. I learned so much through the years where I felt really lonely and I went through phases where my relationships were just going through seasons where we weren't as close. I also met a lot of amazing friends. I met one of my best friends, Larissa, one of my best friends, Maria, in my 20s, uh, through my job and through really putting myself out there and going to new places. Even like thinking back on the seasons of my relationship to my sister, who is like my eternal best friend forever and always, like we've gone through seasons too. And it's, it's tough because again, during those times, during those seasons where I was growing apart from friends and feeling further and further distance from friends and taking it so hard and taking it so personally and really struggling and, and not knowing how to keep those connections and friendships alive. I wish again, I could go back and tell myself like, this is normal. It's normal to go through seasons where you and your friends might not be as close, but that doesn't make them any less of friends. Like it's so funny, just this weekend, I was celebrating my birthday and I got to see a friend of mine that I haven't seen in a couple years, Maggie. And it just so happens we just seem to be uterusly linked because we both keep having pregnancies at the exact same time. But I haven't seen her since her first baby shower. So before she had her baby, before I had Easton. And it was the most comforting feeling in the world. Those friends that you have, that you finally see them again. And it's like no time has passed. You pick up right away. There's no weirdness. There's no awkwardness. It doesn't feel like any time has split you up, you know? So that's normal. It's normal to go through seasons where your lives take you apart a little bit. And in my experience, and now through the wisdom of learning that, it really does do it for a reason. It's got to season you up so that when you come back to these relationships in your life, you have more to talk about. You have more experiences to share. But there are also going to be friends that help you through seasons where there's no one else around. And that goes for also romantic relationships too. Like I am very, very grateful for the relationships that I had in my 20s because I had no idea what the hell I was looking for. I learned a lot about attachment style. I learned a lot about type, like what my type really was, if that even really is a thing. Because I, I, when I think back on my relationships, all of my relationships were 
in some ways the same, but in a lot of ways, very, very different. Each person I dated was very, very different and very like beautiful in their own way. It sounds weird and corny to like describe relationships that way, but they really were beautiful for what they were. And they also taught me a lot for what they, what they, what they were lacking and like what that really, not the person, the relationship was lacking and the areas where I knew it wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't long-term. I knew it was, I knew it had a best before date. You know, I had relationships that taught me what it was like to feel safe. I had relationships that taught me what it was like to feel like I was set on fire. I had relationships that showed me every single wound that I had been ignoring. I had relationships that really believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. I had relationships that put me in places that I needed to be. And then I also had relationships that were heartbreaking because it taught me what it was to to not people please, to not stay in a relationship just because I felt bad for breaking someone's heart. I am a sentimental person, so when I meet people, when I meet souls, I find it hard. Just like I said with my friends, like I find it hard to go through seasons of life where I'm not gonna have that soul in my life anymore. Like I genuinely value people. I can be very extroverted, but naturally I'm pretty introverted and I keep my circle pretty small because I give a lot to my relationships, to the people that I really care about. Like I will be there for you on a dime and a drop of a hat. And when I hang out with you, I don't want to talk about the weather. I want to talk about the meaning of life and like get to those deep places or make some amazing memories. So it's hard to do that with a big group of people. And I, that, I find that's, again, something I've learned about myself through my 20s. That's why I keep my circle so small because I, I need to fill myself up in my alone time. And so when I do give... It needs to be to a very selectful group of people because I love, I love them so much. And so people that really meant things to me, which everybody that I've ever had any kind of relationship to um, really meant something to me. It was hard for me to, to say those goodbyes because I would know that the, that was that. Like we've taught each other all we can. We've taken each other as far as we can go. And this means that we've got to go the rest of our life, you know, never seeing each other, never talking again. And like you have those relationships and also those friendships. I've gone through friendship, like breakups that didn't break up for any other reason other than just like our lives completely grew apart. We never really did come back together. Be it friendships or romantic relationships that ended going through that experience is really tough, but it was really crucial in my 20s because again, it taught me that not everybody is meant to be in your life for a lifetime. Every single relationship you do have does does leave a little gift inside of you. And I know I said I wasn't going to get corny and mushy, but it does. Like you walk away from each relationship you have with somebody with something you've learned and also with a bank full of memories that have made you, made you a part of who you are, you know? I learned so many perspectives of love. I went through so many phases of what I thought love was and what I thought love needed from me. I think the biggest lesson I learned through my romantic relationships was like the ways that I struggled so much with my vulnerability and I struggled so much with my intimacy when it really came down to one-to-one -one connections. And again, like it took breaking myself in different ways, whether it was breaking someone else's heart or having my own heart broken, that allowed me to finally get down to what it was about me that I felt like, that I felt like I, I didn't want to ever really fully love or see for myself. It was like I was trying on all of these people and trying to find a way to feel safe without giving it to myself first and trying to find the right person I needed to be for someone else and see if that made me feel like me. I would say my romantic life has come very, very full circle to 
find a relationship now, to find my fiance now, and to, for them to be somebody who didn't need anything from me, didn't want anything from me, wasn't, wasn't like dazzled by my job or wasn't, I mean, he was definitely, he made me feel like I was a catch. He made me feel like I was something special, but for no other reason than just me. And at the same time to feel so special and so loved by just wanting to live such a simple life and to do the things that when I remember being a little kid that I loved, that I pictured for myself. And, and even though we're not doing it fully yet, like I, I always saw myself living a very, like I, I've always wanted to live on a farm. <laughs> like I always wanted to have horses and work with animals and be in nature. And I, a part of me got to, to live out that big city dream and got to live out the like, you know, dressing in fun clothes and trying on all these hats and all these styles and, and really going for things in like a badass sex in the city way or whatever you want to would label that era. It really helps me come home to myself. And all of my relationships along the way taught me new or opened new doors for me to come home to myself. Genuinely, it doesn't matter if it's romantic or platonic or a friendship or an acquaintance even, or just someone, a stranger you met that you had a deep conversation with one night that you'll never forget. Every single human being that you lock eyes with is a mirror. And that's not to say that everything is about ourselves, but it's more so to say that every interaction that you have with other people are just mirroring things back to you, mirroring information back to you about you and about the world, but mostly for you to understand about who you are and what, what makes you, you. And every single person holds some kind of key to a part of yourself that you might not know or have experienced yet. And I'm very, very grateful for all of the keys that were given to me by any relationship I had going through the last decade of my life. And ultimately, I feel like that leads me to very beautifully into this last little subsection of things that I've learned in my 20s. And that is listening to my intuition, like when it came down to feeling like I was going to lose the popularity contest if I stopped doing what was like deemed kind of trendy or popular and just start doing what called to my soul. And then also really having to deal with a lot of the psychological struggles that came with feeling like I was losing, I was losing people. People didn't like me as much anymore. People didn't, you know, vibe with me as much anymore. People were walking away like a huge part of my job, which is it's such a catch 22 again, because it is very, very psychologically unhealthy to get hooked into the parts of social media that basically relies on the acceptance of others. You need to be what people want you to be for you to pay your bills. Otherwise, if you aren't and, and people don't like you, you can't do that job anymore. And unless you want to be like a creator on the internet that is like, it makes money in you know, fuels off of like kind of being controversial or hated. That's definitely not meant to be my path in life. I definitely have full intentions, no matter what I do in my life to leave a lasting impact of positivity. Like I want to leave the world better than I found it. I want to have some kind of positive impact on the world so that wherever my soul travels to next, I can feel like I lived this life fully and, and left a good mark. If I'm going to leave any kind of mark, the best years of your life don't need to be an era, a decade, or a chapter. Every year of your life can and should be the best years of your life. And the only way they're gonna be is if you stop living 
just for your 20s or stop living just for your youth and start living for your entirety, your wholeness, your fullness. And that only will come when you finally give yourself the permission and the acceptance to take better care of yourself so that you're not just feeling good at 20 and 30, but you're also still feeling good at 40 and 50 and 60. You're going to be just as valuable, if not more valued with each year that passes for each lesson you learn, for each experience you gain, for the more wisdom that you have. And so, yes, our capabilities will change. Our physical abilities are going to change. Our physical looks are going to change. But if it can come from an intrinsic place, if taking care of yourself and learning how to be graceful with yourself as you move through the highs and lows and the trials and errors of your life in each decade, then that's, I think, what really what the real antidote is to really taking care and loving yourself and, and finding that state of wellness. And it doesn't have to be the same for everyone. I know that for some of us, it's meditation, it's yoga, it's, you know, doing the things that allow us to feel flexible and limber for other people. It's running marathons. It's, it's walking every day. It's time in nature. It's laughter with loved ones. It's, spending every day with family, like you just got to find the right recipe for you that makes you feel like you've been well taken care of. You find what you need to fill your own cup every single day. I went through all of my 20s, if, if not at least the first eight years of my 20s, trying so hard to fill my cup with water from the outside. You know, I was trying to fill the cup with approval of others or trying to basically do things for other people or be things for other people so that they would then give me the water I needed to be hydrated and fill my own cup instead of just doing it myself, instead of just filling my own cup myself. And I really think that we only can fill our own cups when we truly do see our own intrinsic worth and our own intrinsic value. And that also comes from being able to hold the nuance that, yes, we are aging. Yes, we are getting older. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, there are just like everything has positives and negatives and highs and lows. Like there are going to be beautiful things about your 30s that you would never have been able to do, understand or experience in your 20s. And that's what you should focus on. And there were beautiful things in your 20s that were amazing and, and you know, are going to make you a part of who you are and always be part of that little Russian doll inside of you, a layer inside of you that makes you the person you are today. But there are also lows in your 20s that you, you, you know, you, not that we should like harp on them, but just to not forget them. You know what? Walking into my 20s, if there are two, two words, two energies, two mindsets, the first one is grace because it allows yourself to stop being so rigid and to stop being so breakable. When you give yourself grace, when you give yourself flexibility, fluidity, you're able to then allow yourself to smooth out some of the rougher edges that can come in life, whether they're from your own trial and error or from external experiences that are sharp and that are hard. Give yourself grace as you figure it out. The second would be curiosity. Allow yourself curiosity because then everything again stops feeling so make or break and so serious. Like, yes, I, I hate to be, you know, grim here for a second, but there is going to be a day where we don't exist anymore and it's not going to matter. <laughs> All the shit that we, we get so caught up on the small stuff, the day to day stuff that we sweat, it's not going to matter. So allow yourself curiosity, play with life, keep that youthfulness in you, no matter how old you are, like 
just stay curious about all of the things that you still want to do. Stay curious about all of the things you're still learning about yourself. Stay curious even about the parts of yourself that you are still struggling. Curiosity. And let's think of a third one here. Grace, curiosity. And this, this third one is, I think there could be two words to describe it. The more universal word would be love. And obviously that comes from like allowing yourself to love your life, allowing yourself to love yourself, allowing yourself to focus on the loving aspects of your life, no matter your age or decade, allowing yourself openness and space, creating that space for you, because that really is how you love yourself. Also creating that space for all the things in your, in your life that you truly do admire, love and are grateful for. But what is actually on the other side of love is vulnerability. So the third word could also be vulnerability, grace, curiosity and vulnerability or grace, curiosity and love because it's vulnerability that allows us to actually open ourselves up, allow ourselves to possibly get hurt, to possibly make the mistake, to possibly do the wrong thing. But that vulnerability is also the key ingredient to finding the fullness of life. That vulnerability is also the key ingredient to loving yourself and to to the grace and to the curiosity it's really vulnerability and to love so yeah i'm gonna go with vulnerability um so those would be the three key ingredients that i'm saying i'm walking out of my 20s with and that i'm very glad that i learned uh really quick i know i've been talking for a long time but i want to just talk about going into my 30s now there's a lot that i'm looking forward to in my 30s and i think the biggest thing that i've heard from other women and that i am already starting to feel for myself is this new level of it's not like a in your face unapologeticness it's more so just a groundedness a groundedness in caring less and less as the time goes by about what other people think and just being more and more yourself so that i'm that is something i'm very much looking forward to going into my 30s i'm also just really really looking forward to my 30, 30s feel like like a phase two of the 20s because Yes, you might be more grounded, established, and rooted somewhere, but through that rootedness, it's like a tree, right? I've heard this metaphor somewhere. I did not make this up, but I can't tell you where because I do not remember. But the deeper your roots go, the stronger your trunk gets, the further your branches can reach. So I was not very rooted at the beginning of my 20s. So despite trying and reaching for things, I broke a lot of branches, okay? Now, in this chapter of my life, in my 30s, I'm much more grounded and I'm much more rooted than I used to be. So I am very, very intrigued to see the things that I'm going to be able to reach for in my 30s and go for and try. If I'm, if I'm going to get a little bit witchy with you, don't mind if I do. I'm not going to think too much about it. I'm going to go solely from the gut. I do see career changes. I see a lot of creativity. I definitely feel books. I feel lots of, lots of writing coming, flowing into my 30s and lots of love definitely going to be fully in my motherhood era as i have my second and very likely last child last pregnancy so definitely fully going to be in my motherhood area i'm going to be getting married at 31 um and just really really rooting deep into the values that i've learned are the most important to me through my 20s the parts of myself that you know i got caught up in in my 20s, which is very normal, but I, I got caught up a little bit in wanting to feed my ego a little bit more than wanting to feed my soul at times. And so I made decisions that weren't necessarily based on the things that I truly value and the things that I want to model to my children and, and just like, you know, embrace and and 
the energy I want to live in on this planet that's really important to me. I let go of that at times in order to feed the parts of myself that were deprived. And a lot of that came from the ego. But in my 30s, that groundedness, that ability to come back to the things that I know are important to me and to start living by my values in a much stronger sense, to stop feeling like I need so much external validation and to stop feeling like I need so much external material things in order to feel better. That that kind of power, the power that comes with that, it allows you to detach from a lot of these like quick fixes that again get kind of sold to millennial Gen Zs that they like just buy this, you'll feel better, follow this trend, you'll feel better, you know, get this dopamine hit, you'll feel better. I think that it's going to be really, really, really crucial for me and in going into my 30s to come back to the parts of life that when I was really little, I understood very clearly. I knew right away from uh, at least as early as I can remember what mattered to me, what was important, what I felt connected to. And I think it was part of the journey that I had to go through to feel a bit more disconnected from those things in order to, you know, try some other some other lives on and see what what fit but I definitely feel myself coming back to her, to a version of myself that I think little, little kid me would be very, very proud of. It would be very, I always knew I was going to be. That's, that's what I sense coming into my thirties. If there's anything that I would say I'm worried about or apprehensive or afraid of as I go into this next decade, I'm afraid of the, the changes of time, not on myself, but on the people and the things that I love. I'm afraid of what the next decade will do <laughs> to my dog. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little afraid of, um, oh my God, I'm sorry. What the next decade will do to um, my dad and my Nana and, you know, just like the people in my family that are of older generations, what it'll do to them. <laughs> That's like the only thing I would say I'm afraid of. Um, and also too, I think I'm a little, the part that is like, I have to just let go of control because it's so much bigger than me. It's just like, where is technology going to go in the next 10 years? Where is the internet going to go in the next 10 years? Uh, where are, where, where's our planet? Where's our environment going to be in the next 10 years? Where's our society going to be in the next 10 years? Those parts of my thirties are things that I am just really, really having to give myself grace for and just understand, you know, the the circles of control, what we do have control over, what we don't have control over, what we need to surrender to and what we need to focus on in terms of the things we do have a direct effect on. Uh, but I'm definitely aware of what the changes of time will do in the next 10 years to the really important people in my life and to the world at large and just really trying to hold space and again, vulnerability and curiosity and grace, but also presence because those things haven't changed yet. They're still here. They're still the way they are right now as we know them. So yeah, those are the only <laughs> worries that I have. And just making sure that I'm raising good humans. So that's it. So thank you for coming to my nice long chat over a cup of coffee for turning 30. Uh, if you guys are entering a new decade or just let me know, just let me know what era of life are you in right now? What are you learning in this era of your life? If you are or have recently turned 30, what did your 20s teach you? I would love to hear. Um, and if you're in your 20s, what do you feel like you're learning right now? And what are you excited for when you think about what your 20s will have taught you when this decade concludes? 
I'm glad that we laughed and we cried and we sipped coffee because this was this was a good chat. It felt very, very cathartic. Other than that, I'm going to wrap this up here. So thank you for sharing this coffee and this chat with me. And I will talk to you guys all in the next one. Bye, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.